Thank you for joining us for another episode of SDB in the Spotlight. I'm your host, Monica Christopa. And I'm your co-host, Maria Acevedo. Today, we sit down with Samuel Carnes, principal at Todd Elementary School, to talk about an upcoming community health fair that Samuel is coordinating with dozens of community partners. So welcome to the show, Samuel. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career with the school district? Yes. Yeah, so I kind of date back here a little bit. Uh, I was adopted from South Korea, probably about 12 to 14 months old. Grew up mostly in Houston. My wife's whole family lives out here, kind of the Clinton, Janesville, Beloit area. And so they've been working on me for the last several years on when I'm going to move up here. And so I kindly finally caved in on that. Uh, so we moved up here just a little bit over two years ago. We, uh, When moving up here, we were a family of three. Three boys, Jackson, Tanner, and Milo. In fact, uh, Tanner just had a birth, or Milo just had a birthday recently. And then Aren't those great names they are. Oh, wait, say them again. Yeah. So Jackson, Milo, and um, Tanner, and then the littlest one, who's our fourth, uh, the little girl. So we had three boys and a girl. She, her name is Donby. And so uh, age wise, that's uh, seven, four, three, and one. So they definitely keep us busy. And then my wife. Jamie Carnes, uh, again, lives here in the area, so uh, we get to visit with her family quite often. Been in this community just a little bit over two years, um, right down the road from actually from here from Colac. I w- uh, started off as an assistant principal two years ago at McNeil Intermediate, home of the Lancers, so shout out to them as well. Assistant principal again. Uh, and then this past year, as you said in the introduction, I was serving as my first year, I call it my freshman year, at Todd mm-hmm. as a principal. So excited to just be doing the work of School District of Beloit and serving the, the families and the students here in the community. And what do you enjoy most about being a principal? So there's a lot of things that I probably enjoy about being a principal. Obviously, first and foremost, I love engaging with the the kids and the families. But I I also love getting the opportunity to kind of use this platform of leadership to impact things at a campus level. So I look at when people ask me how many kids you have, I obviously shared four. But I say, you know, I had this last year we had 349 kids that I serve. And so I I enjoy um, serving the kids and the families in our community. But I've also learned to kind of love using the same platform to serve as a voice or an advocate across our system and community, which is kind of where this health fair event has continued to morph in a very, or blossom, I guess would be a better word, but blossom in a very beautiful way. So I, I, I'm going to get to um, Todd Elementary, but I want to ask, um, so is your daughter kind of running the house now? You know, uh, small, small, but mighty, I picture that with three older brothers. Yeah, she's the probably the most adventurous one. She's climbing <laughs> up on everything, but I think part of it she's trying to keep up with her brothers. Yes, that's she's what I think. definitely learned to use her voice recently, so she's kind of a screamer out of the four that we have to kind of get her way. But I think she's just trying to be heard with all of the her brothers who are um, big protectors, though. Oh my gosh! Well, thanks for sharing that. So you know, you talked about your leadership and your uh, service lead- servant leadership with the families and students of Todd. What's something you'd like our listeners to know uh, about Todd Elementary? So there's a lot of great things happening at Todd. Uh, I'd want people to know that we have the most loving and amazing staff that are willing to go the extra. And I mentioned two miles this instead of going the extra mile. But what I really learned is that people are literally would give you the shirts off their back to ensure that our kids are getting the learning and experiences to help them kind of thrive, especially opportunities that our kids might not necessarily get without us being that bridge to help them connect. 
Um, and then we're also willing to meet our families where they are. For example, we have some summer touch points that we've been really working on this year. But we just recently went out down the road to the mobile park home where our families are at and helping them get registered. At the same time, we wanted to have fun with them. So we were playing some yard games, partnered with the management there to host a barbecue for the families. So again, just really trying to connect with our families. And then with this upcoming summer touch point uh, that's going to be on August 26th with the Back to Health Fair, Back to School Health Fair, we're, we're super excited to see what that brings for the community and our families. Okay, I'm going to kind of um, add to that and, and talk about touch points. Um, this past year, and Marie and I did help you um, promote this within our district, you and other school district staff elevated the presence of our Asian American and Pacific Islander staff and students too. We'll talk about that. Um, during the month of May, which is designated as Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Why was this important to you? And Talk about why it really is important to our district and students. So I kind of mentioned this earlier, but being adopted, uh, growing up as in a Korean, as a Korean American, my family is actually from Midwest Iowa, who moved uh, further south to Houston because my dad didn't like shoveling the snow. <laughs> um, but it was important for, for them as being my adopted family, they made it a priority for my sister and I to not forget our Korean roots and our heritage and culture of where we came from and what's in our blood. And so... Um, growing up in Houston, I consider that to be one of the melting pots of the world filled with so much culture. And so with all the culture that was offered up to me, I felt that it was a very important to pass that forward. And so it, we actually hosted a lot of these types of events back in Houston where we were exposing our kids to different cultures that were around them. And so moving here, obviously, to Beloit um, in the in the school where I'm currently serving at Todd Elementary, we have families who are who are of Asian descent. And so for me, it's important that everybody's voice is heard. And so it was important to us to continue to expose our kids to the different cultures that they would be engaging with in our, in our community at large. I liked it. Actually, um, I did attend one of the events you hosted at the school in the gym. You had, I'm trying to remember, um, Oh my gosh, you had, who, who were a couple yeah. of the, the performances that you had and then reading books and stories. It was really great. Yeah, absolutely. So we kicked off with uh, an assembly. We had a martial arts demonstration, which um, yeah. they were kind of state champions. And so it was nice for our kids. It was exhilarating. Exi yeah, that's a good word. We also brought in a break dancer, um, some of the culture and Asian culture, which won't go into the depths of where the roots <laughs> of that came from, but in Korean, uh, B-Boy is like a really big thing. And so we had a break dancer come in. He he's let us know that he's retired at like 34. I know, but I thought <laughs> he was, he did very good at 34. Oh, seriously. absolutely. And that is not old, I'm saying, but he was. Well, that's what we Maybe in said. the hip hop tradition he is. But. He didn't get a whole lot of sympathy from some of the teachers because <laughs> they were like 34, super yeah, young. Yeah. Um, but we also wore some traditional Korean wear. So the hanbok, which mm -hmm. is kind of traditional Korean wear. We invited in different community partners and families who were of Asian, Asian American. And so we intentionally chose books that were either about uh, Asian culture or from Asian uh, authors. And so then they went in to each room. Actually, I wanted to share um, a statement that was shared with me by one of the, the students who was there. He actually was in Beloit. He goes to Beloit College now. Um, but he, growing up, this, this makes me think that we're on the right track because as a volunteer and a former student, he said, um, 
I wish we would have had these types of opportunities when I was growing up here because this is important for kids to see themselves in their culture embraced and learned about. And so that kind of just validated the work because that was a anecdotal personal testimony that came from one of the volunteers that was helping. And again, now he's Asian American. He's also Beloit College. And so he's already said, count me in for next year. That's what I said. You've laid the foundation for next year too. That's awesome. And I think we're going to get into a little bit what we were talking about. Um, this podcast is going to be more focused on um, you ha- you're coordinating um, with dozens of community partners and hosting a community health fair on Saturday, August 26th at Bullitt Memorial High School. How did this idea come about? And then what are you hoping for that day? Yeah, so recently this past school, you're actually connected with Rock County. There's a HERE committee, and I don't know the exact acronym for that. But through that committee, I learned that they completed a CHA, which is a community health assessment, which I am familiar with because in my previous experiences back in Houston, did a lot of work with the county as well and tying just the whole county, city, schools together. I learned that the two biggest needs for our community in Rock County, which Beloit is a part of, is access to health care and mental health. And so this was something that, you know, I experienced for my students at Todd when I think about we provide referrals for our families to go visit these different locations, but it might be a, a one-month wait list. Um, the barriers seem to pile up. And so my hope was through this to bring um, resources and, and access, again, straight to our families through this process. And so it, it kind of actually morphed a little bit. So I actually met with my family organization, kind of the PTO in our, in our, at our campus, and so I kind of asked them, planted the seed, hey, this is two big ident- identified needs by the county. These are experiences that we're seeing in our own school. What are y'all's thoughts about putting on a back-to-school health fair? And so um, they agreed and said, this sounds like an amazing opportunity. Uh, one of the parents said to me, though, you know what? This would actually be not just good for Todd kids. This would be good for all of the kids in the school district. And so... I kind of chuckled because I was like, well, we're we're not a very big group. (laughs) Yeah, we're not a super big group. And so um, if that's the plan, I'm going to need some more collaboration and some answers to make sure that we provide an opportunity for the 5,500 students that we serve, because that's a big task. But again, I didn't disagree. It's something that I feel as a community and as a school, this would be a great opportunity for us to do that. So, again, I guess your question too was kind of my my hope for that is I'm hoping that our students and our families get all of the resources and things that they would need in order to return back to school healthy, safe and ready to learn. And so the biggest hope is that this can serve as a launching pad to showcase what impact we can have for our kids when our community schools and our families come together in collaboration to do things for kids. That's awesome. And can you share maybe a couple of the community partners you've been working with or some of the services that are going to be provided the day of the event? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hoping not to leave anyone out. Again, this has been a truly beautiful collaboration that's come together organically with just people coming as word of mouth is getting out there and people are like, oh, you guys are hosting this. This is amazing. Um, So some of the services that we're going to provide is immunizations, free immunizations and vaccinations, dental assessments with fluoride cleaning or fluoride polishing. The vision screening, uh, we're going to have local barbers who's kind of been coordinated with the Beloit Police Department. Can you say who also uh, said he might be doing some of the barber yeah, shopping? Absolutely. Yes, I told uh, Dr. Garrison I'd, <laughs> I'd uh, not get a haircut until August 26th and let him give me a fade when we get there. But Dr. Garrison said when he found out we were going to be offer- offering free haircuts for, for uh, students, 
he said, I, I can I can definitely line them up. So yeah, you let I me know. I want to see your haircut being done I, by Dr. We will, we will have to record this because <laughs> yes. I, I promised him I would not get a haircut. And right. he's like, I could I could fade your head up, your right. hair. So he did. Um, but Beloit Community Health Center and SSM is really coming together for the immunizations and vaccinations. That's been really beautiful. Again, like I've said there. Um, the health area is not necessarily my expertise area. And so that was where we kind of started pulling people together. Health net again, through the dental assessments that we'll provide Beloit evening lines club, which I had to clarify because I learned that there's a couple of different clubs within the area that, that kind of share that name. But again, they'll be helping us with the vision screening, excited about the local barbers. Like I said, that's just been a variety of people with uh, Beloit police department, community action, youth to youth, I know that Youth to Youth is also working on providing hygiene products. We're also going to be working with Second Harvest because, as you all know, but maybe not the listeners know, we do have three pantries here in the district, one at Merrill, one at Todd. Actually, we serve um, probably about 60 families per week there. And then one at BLA slash the Cunningham location of where that'll be. But one of the things that I thought was really cool is they were going to provide samples to share with families on what you would actually get if you utilize one of the pantries that we have. Um, and then Community Action in Durham are going to be working on some shuttle services for busing from some different schools. Our bilingual homeschool liaisons are also going to work uh, work with us to make sure that we're inclusive through the process. But also at the same time, we talked about we could continue to still register families there for school, which starts on September 5th. Um, and then a lot of people coming together for donations with school supplies and all of those things. So just, again, really organic in terms of coming together and, and we've just continued to grow as we meet every couple of weeks to tweak and fine tune some of the thing, the items. I, I think the school district's going to have a food truck there with yes. ice cream. I heard I, I free just heard ice recently. Cream. Yeah. We're yeah. super excited about that. And good for all the students that uh, show up there or any community members and families for um, that might be a good draw. It's, if it's anything like this summer's been, it's going to be hot <laughs> today. And uh, yeah, it's super uh, hot. So yeah. now let me ask you this uh, once again, because I want our listeners to make sure they hear this, the date and the time, and then talk a little bit about transportation that still might be in the works or is confirmed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so August 26th, it's the last Saturday of August. We actually were super intentional about the date because we knew that families were kind of traveling in and out of the city. So again, August 26th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. open to all of all of the community to come out. It's going to be at Beloit Memorial High School in the Fieldhouse. I'll actually kind of give you guys a little bit of an outline so people can know what to expect when they show up on the day of. So we actually have a check-in point when they come in. So if you enter the field house, the barkins on one side, the field house is on the other. We'll have a registration and check-in there. And then what we will have people do is walk into the field house. In gym one, we will drop the partition, but that's where all of your health services will be, where they'll get the dental assessments, the immunizations, vaccinations. They'll get the vision screening. We'll actually have our um, bilingual homeschool liaisons helping with um, translating as needed, but also getting families registered. In gyms two and three, we'll actually have the curtain up. And so that will be where we will have the community expo. So we're inviting a bunch of different community partners, specifically to Beloit, that serve service Beloit area, so that our families, while they're there, can learn about all of the things that, that are at uh, accessible to them. Then if you drop the third partition, which technically there's only three there, makes the fourth gym. That's where we'll have school supplies, second mm -hmm. harvest with the, um, with the hygiene products and things that 
that you would get if you visited one of our pantries. If you go out the door to what I've learned recently is called the courtyard at the high school. Um, hopefully we will have good weather, not hot weather, but good weather. <laughs> Uh, and that's where our haircuts will be taking place. Um, if not, we do have a rainy day plan to use utilize the barkin for the haircuts. So again, already kind of really thinking through that process. In front of the high school, there's picnic benches. That's where we're the district, as uh, Monica shared, will have the food truck there with ice cream. But we also had some community partners donate um, hot dogs and, and chips. So again, Frito-Lay and Piggly Wiggly. Uh, donating some stuff there. Level of Stable Lloyd is donating uh, gift cards so we can purchase the buns. So again, just trying to really provide all of those things. And then to your point, the transportation, uh, as I shared earlier, we're trying to meet our families where they're at. And we know when we do our weekly attendance meetings at our own school, because we're trying to get our, our students in seats and ready to learn, we know that transportation at times can be a barrier. And so we partnered with um, Mark Perry over at Community Action to utilize shuttle services with their four vans that they have from the Eclipse Center because we are going to do some road closure. So I'll, I'll explain a little bit on the logistics with that too, just in terms of keeping people safe. And then we partnered with Durham to run shuttles every 30 minutes. Again, super intentional in the locations of what we chose. But we will run a shuttle, um, I believe, starting at 830. Um, I'm sorry, not 830, at 930 because the event starts at 10. And that shuttle will run every 30 minutes between Merrill and Todd. So they'll pick up from those schools take them down to the high school, drop them off, and then keep that continuous shuttle, hang there for a little bit to take people back to those locations. But I would like to add, it is very important. Every child must be in attendance with an adult. So if if the, um, you as a family are going to be using that bus shuttle, there needs to be an adult with the children at all times. Yep, absolutely. Um, we want safety is kind of first and foremost, one of the, the things we want to make sure we keep in the forefront. And then the other location we chose was Hackett and Converse. And so that way they can utilize two campuses. If we need to get a third bus, we can definitely explore that route. Uh, Durham was very open to that. And again, we're super gracious and grateful that they're willing to provide that opportunity so that we can remove one more barrier that our families might experience um, with travels. So um, we've talked a lot about that. If they want to get more information, where can families get more information? Yeah, so it's up on all of the homepages of our website here in the school district of Beloit. A lot of our community partners are also blasting that out on on their social media platforms between Facebook and Instagram. Um, Obviously, a quick plug for this podcast, it would be to check out the podcast for more information on this information. And then uh, we do have an email address that's communityhealthfair at sdb.k12.com. U.S. So if you have questions, that's definitely an inbox that we're monitoring 24-7 to make sure that, again, we meet our families where they're at with communication. And then I know that uh, you guys here in in um, the marketing community relations area have uh, a timeline and a plan to get that marketed out in a variety of different places. So. I it's think, all over the city. Marie and I were out in our car, so you can pick it up at the library, Mural Community Center, just really anyway. We did a full court press on that. Yeah, and we're super grateful for that because, uh, as I've shared with other people, I don't have expertise in all areas, so it's it's collaborating with the people that are experts in those areas and really leaning on the strengths of the table uh, and leveraging those. Well, it sounds like you leveraged lots of great relationships with community partners. So thank you. And and it's good to see the whole community coming out um, to benefit not only the school district of Belate families, but 
all families, like you said, in our cities. So I'm going to ask you a question that we normally ask. We've been doing this the last couple of times. So if you've heard our podcast, you can, maybe you've expected this, but what is one question you, you wish we would have asked you and how are you going to answer that? Yeah. So I, I've listened to a few of the podcasts yeah. and so a little bit of preparation beforehand, um, trying to keep it light here. I think the the question that I'll land on is what, what, what is my favorite or who is my favorite superhero? Wait, can we pause? Would it happen to be how you decorate your office at the school or no? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, but here I, we go. We're, we're gonna, just going to let that be and then you answer your question. Okay. Well, I definitely had to mix it up in my office because people <laughs> said you, you're very DC heavy in here and where's your Marvel? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, if you were to visit my office, I have a cape hanging up. Um, Superman, there's probably at least 17 or 18 items in there. <gasps> When we do our um, superhero day for some of our spirit weeks, um, matching shoes, everything to go along what? with that as Superman. So, yes, if you come to to Todd, you will be um, you will be en- engulfed with Superman all over the place. And so, my staff knows that. In fact, one of the 4K pairs brought me in a cup that she was out at an antique shop with Superman. So that that's hanging up in or ah. that's sitting up in the office as well. So does this uh, theme? Go home with you at night? Are your kids looking at you like, well, they probably do think you're Superman as their dad, but at home too? Yeah, yes, okay. absolutely. Ah. They have suits. Um, ah. I tried to get them into some of the Superman because yeah. I kind of grew up with Superman myself. Yeah. And so they know that that's, that's dad's favorite superhero. So. Well, that's awesome, Samuel. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And it, since you've heard a couple of the podcasts, you'll know these two questions are coming up. What teacher or teachers made a difference in your life? Yes. So uh, growing up, I had a fourth grade teacher, Miss Faulkner. Uh, she eventually became the principal back in Houston at Horn Elementary. But looking back, uh, I think the things I remember the most about her or why she made a difference was she took the time to build relationships with us outside of the classroom. So uh, as you can imagine, Houston is super hot. But even on super hot days at recess, um, she would come out and play basketball with us. Um, and Mr. Postman, also ah. real name, not a nickname, but Mr. <laughs> Postman also was there and they they played with us as well. And so I just remember that because that's kind of how I try to, to, to do things as a principal is engage with students outside of just the classroom itself, but in the community. Uh, my favorite is seeing one of our, uh, she'll be in kinder this year, but she, she always remembers me from, I saw you at Walmart. So, and she still says that three quarters into the year. So, you know, it is true. I have seen you walk down the halls, high-fiving, talking with your students. Um, It's just nice. I mean, they know you by name. You know, many, many, many of your students by name too. So, and Marie and I always talk people who've come on the podcast and shared about a teacher or teachers that made a difference. It was really how they made them feel more than truly remembering what they were taught some cases that's not me that's my angelo with that st- you know that people will always remember hi but again to your point you remember how those teachers made you feel yeah no absolutely i would wholeheartedly agree with that and then the other question um is what is one book you would recommend everyone read and again for those of you guys that have been listening to the podcast we're compiling a list of act and then we're actually going to buy these books and give them away so your book will be added to that list Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so the book that I would recommend to people, it's actually called Relentless. Uh, it's by a West Virginia tattooed skateboarding principal, uh, Hamish Brewer. 
Did someone, someone else talk about that? No, one. talk about it. You are the second person on her. And I can't remember. I think it was um, Jennifer Sheevy. Sheevy. Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. So please talk about the book because it. Yeah, so uh, he actually transformed a school back in West Virginia. They were kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Um, so morale was low, school culture was low, um, and he really turned that around and changed the mindset in the school. And so relentless was his theme, which is actually a theme that if you visit my office, I actually had a person back from Houston was a theme that I led with my seventh graders when I was an assistant principal down there because I know I didn't go into the whole educational experiences back in Houston before I got here. Um, but that really inspired me. And there's actually a quote that uh, I live by that kind of comes out of that book. And I utilize it a lot here in school district of Beloit. But the quote says that we don't just enroll kids, we enroll families. Mm. And so that really hits home for me because that kind of brings the full circle of the importance of a partnership with families at the table who want what's best for their kids. And so uh, I don't have tattoos like Hamish Brewer, mm -hmm. but um, he's you a skateboard. Uh, I tried. Okay. Uh, I played some roller <laughs> hockey growing up. Good. Uh, but that's definitely a book that I would highly recommend. I actually have it on my Kindle now. And so um, a great read, um, especially for aspiring administrators who are wanting to do what's best for children on a day to day basis. Well, I'm going to add a little to it. The culture is very good at Todd, and you have a lot of pride in the school with staff in that. But what I think you're doing is expanding cultural awareness, certainly by the event that you hosted last May, but we've seen it in a lot of other ways too. And also living that uh, mission by this community health fair. So uh, we thank you for the work you're doing in our district and at Todd and in our community. Absolutely. I appreciate the the kind words. It's, you know, it's school district Beloit's doing some really great things. And so it's just important to continue to be a part of that team that's putting that out there for people to see the great things that we are trying to do to be champions for kids. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we conclude our podcast? See, it wasn't as painful as you thought it might be, Samuel, and it went very fast. No, it was it was definitely a fun time. I enjoyed chatting with you all. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for the opportunity to come and share some of the great things we're doing in the school district uh, with bringing families and people together. And, you know, I'll close it with, again, my hope is that we continue to build off of this momentum uh, and bring community families and organizations together to, to be champions for our students. Well, thank you to everyone for joining us today, and please plan on attending the upcoming Community Health Fair at Beloit Memorial High School on Saturday, August 26th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. As Samuel mentioned, there'll be community booths, free haircuts, free school supplies, free ice cream, so much more. Join us next week for another episode of SDB in the Spotlight. Marie and I will be back.